It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 14th of March. The Jazz just keep going and going and going and stopping people and stopping people and stopping people. We'll try to break it all down. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's insane. It's awesome. It's Locked On Jazz. They've won 19 of 21. Who are you kidding? This is incredible. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Right now, though, I am David Locke, childhood Utah Jazz fan since the team came in 1979 when my dad was in the ski business in Utah, and we used to spend every vacation, even though we lived in the Bay Area, coming to Utah based around when the team was home and going to games, and I was the one kid in California that rooted for the Jazz, and I was the loser that called the Jim Rome Show to tell me he didn't give us enough respect when I was in college, and that's who I am today. And then I'll break down the geeky stuff at some point. But this is ridiculous. This is totally awesome. This is the greatest. This is just so cool. Okay. Uh, this is Locked On Jazz. It's a daily podcast about the Utah Jazz. We give you insight and expertise and a look behind the curtains and all sorts of geeky numbers. But today, it's just insane. Ecstasy is what it is. Holy smokes. I mean, they just kicked the crap out of them last night. They won 19 of 21. Do you realize that as a lifelong Jazz fan, who's, seriously, I'm not making this up, 1979, team comes to Utah. My dad is in the ski business starting in Utah in 1976. He, there's a na- run named after him, right? Like, I mean, I'm telling you, the guy's in the business. I'm not making this crap up. Like, my, my childhood wall next to my bed had ski trail maps signed by players because my dad would fly Western Airlines from San Francisco and back because he commuted because we didn't move here until I did. And I'd have all the NBA teams he ended up on the plane with signed on my wall. Okay, in all the years that I've been a Jazz fan, we've only experienced a team winning 19 of 21 games three times. Three times. The greatest teams in the history of jazz basketball, and some of the, frankly, best teams ever in the history of the NBA, they just didn't win a title. With two of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, they just didn't win a title, are the only other teams that have ever done this. This show is going to be a mess, by the way, if you haven't figured that out already. And if you're listening in your office trying to be quiet, I'm really sorry. But, like, Seriously, go run laps around the office right now. Just totally fired up. If you're a Jazz fan, you should be wearing your colors and high-fiving everybody every second of the day. This is insane. The 96-97 team, which was great, finished the year winning 24 of their 26 and then won their first five playoff games. That's incredible. And then ended up losing... To the Bulls. The ni- and, and I think, you know, hadn't been there. The 97-98 team, which had the best record in the NBA, won 23 of 25. 
The 2000 team won 18 of 20. The 2010 team won 17 of 19. The Jazz this year have won 19 of 21 games. All stemming off a loss in Atlanta and a Ricky Rubio going back to the locker room to get glued and coming back and an inbound pass to Joe Ingles that luckily sneaks in against Detroit and then they go to overtime and Ingles hits a bunch of threes and next thing you know, game one of 19 of 21, where did that come from? Those two teams that we were just talking about, the 96-97 team and the 97-98 team, they were just better than everybody else. Evidently we are too, but like they were just better than everyone else and supposed to be better than everyone else. This is... This is there's something really kind of magical, awesome, wonderful about this on the level of the unexpected. And in the midst of an insane playoff run where we're not getting any breaks except for the Lakers last night. And uh, thank you Lakers. Oh, that hurt. I mean, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm so geeked, and I have so many numbers. I've done so much research today. The show's late because I just couldn't stop. And I was just doing this and that. What happens if Jay Crowder's in the game? And what about since Rodney and Jove left? And and then I was, like, negative for a few minutes about Rodney and Joe. And I was like, can't be negative right now. we got to be all positive. This is incredible. No need to, like, talk negatively. It's incredible. I mean, there's so many cool things going on. I don't even know where to start. Last night, the Jazz go up 42-21 at the end of one. That night's over. And they and, and amazingly, last night, they never stop. They never relent. They never lay off for one second. Defensive rating last night was an 80.3. Four of the last five games, the opponents have had a defensive rating under 90. My barrier used to be 101. Like, that's Boston's 101. If you keep someone under 101, Quinn's system just kind of wins you the game. We're holding people under 90 defensively. <laughs> Not 90 points, 90 points per 100 possessions. It's, it's The league best is 101. Like, to be 90, I can't even describe it. I don't even know what it means. I need, like, Andy Larson to get up his geeky database of all sorts of games and try to explain what percentage of games somebody has held someone a defensive rating under 90 and the fact that the Jazz have now done it. I believe close to 10 times this year. I'm checking right now. Might be more than 10 times. The Jazz, 11 times this year. The Jazz have held someone 12 times this year. Keeps going. I have a chart that tells me what our best defensive ratings are. 12 times this year, the Jazz have held someone to a defensive rating under 90. I mean, it's just insane. And then last night, the you know, it was interesting. There was a lot of people were talking about, well, the offense has been, and Van Gundy was talking about the offense of the Jazz has been really pretty good. It hasn't been that good. It's been okay. Like, the defense is just so great that you that you don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be that much better. But it, it hasn't been remarkable. It had a stretch there against the Warriors, Suns, Spurs, and Pelicans where it was insane. And the Jazz play, put four of their top ten offensive games together in in this streak. But they haven't been doing that recently. They've just been having middle-of-the-pack offensive games. Until last night, they were a little better. 21st best offensive game of the season last night. There are some 
And Kevin Pelton and I are going to chat today about this. There's some weird stuff going on. There's some of the three-point shooting of the opponents is is a little unlikely um, and probably worth kind of keeping an eye on that that'll straighten itself out a little bit here at some point. Uh, but there's also some level where one of the things the Jazz are doing right now is they're just not letting you get three-point attempts off. So Rudy Gobert's presence in the middle just means that Teams are getting about 3% of their shots off as corner threes. The league average of that is about 7.5. That's the, other than restricted area, that's the best shot in the game, and you're not getting restricted area shots off against Rudy either. And then the rest of the guys are amazing, and, and, and we'll get into Rudy and Faves today. We'll get it. I haven't even told you what we're going to talk about. Here, here's, by the way, we're nine minutes into the show. I'm now giving you a plan for the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the insane win. We're going to talk about what's going on. I'm going to lose my mind. All right, we've done that. I always tell all the guys in the Lockdown Podcast Network that good good audio delivery, that's all we're in is audio delivery, that good audio delivery is when you tell someone what they're going to get, you give it to them, you tell them you gave it to them, you tell them you give it to them again, you give it to them again. Okay, so I'm going to fulfill that because I'm going to tell you what you just got because <laughs> I'm so insane right now. It's incredible. There's no words for this. All I want to do is talk about the jazz. I want it. My poor family. It's like, you guys, we won again today. They're like, we know. My son, who's 15, wonderful kid, love him dearly, uh, obviously he's my son, does not care the slightest bit about the Utah Jazz. He is, he is, other than the fact that they pay our bills and he lives a nice life and he's appreciative of that. He, he just doesn't like the arena. He doesn't like the noise. He doesn't go to games. He doesn't like it. Fine. I'll love the fact that he's 15 years old and has enough social confidence to say, you know what, Dad, I don't really like it. So I'm always like, so we won again. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> My wife's mocking me. Greatest team ever now. Worst team ever a few months ago. We were, though. We were so bad. Ah, it's just awesome. I hope you're laughing with me, not just at me right now. It's just incredible. All right. So we're going to talk about, um, yeah, all that. Uh, we're, we'll talk about Favors and Gobert. I want to look if that's telling some Jay Crowder things. And then uh, final segment, we'll look around uh, the NBA on another night where we didn't get a lot of help, but we got a little help. And, and we'll look at how that all is playing out uh, with everything. Uh, I, I thought Favors was great in the first quarter last night. Just a few more notes on last night. I thought Favors was great last night in the first quarter. Quinn has made a subtle adjustment to the rotation. Uh, and Joe Ingles is now playing second quarters to open up second quarters with um, Faves. He's he's altered that rotation a little bit. I like it. Um, it's kind of an ultimate statement of who Quinn is, that here we are in the midst of this incredible run, and he's adjusting things and changing things. Uh, Alec Burks was on the floor last night uh, for uh, some time. It was good to see him back out there. The Jazz went on a 20-6 to run last night with another one of those lineups that I think most people would be like, how's that possible? It was Popcorn Machine actually has it sh- short a player. Oh, no, it was Donovan Mitchell. Der- so it was Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Jay Crowder, Jonas Jerebko, and Derek Favors. 20-6 to run last night. Gobert was on for a little bit of that. 18-4 um, to run in the fourth. I mean, they just never stopped. But what's interesting to me about where the Jazz are right now, and I wrote about this a little bit at Empty the Noggin, which you can get at LockedOnJazz.net, is 
that the Jazz are, are are truly uncomfortable to play right now. You don't want Ricky Rubio guarding you. You probably don't really want Donovan Mitchell guarding you. He's getting better defensively. Part of his offensive slump or not as dominant performances, I think, is that the coaching staff has really, really asked him to focus on some things defensively right now. And when you, um, when you do that, I think that that, you know, he, he uh, you know, He's got. He, you're asking him to focus on so many things. There's some point where some some of the focus, it, it, to his credit, defensive rebounding goes grabs a career high defensive rebounding. They ask him about defense. He stops Victor Oladipo. I mean, the kid just does everything. But so you don't want Donovan to guard you. Jay Crowder is a beast. Royce O'Neal is in you, and it's uncomfortable. Um, I, Donovan Mitchell was hosting a a meet and greet last night with some of the fans. Craig Bolajak was hosting. He was talking about the first time he guarded Andre, played against Andre Robertson, and Andre Robertson just was hitting him all night and how uncomfortable that was to just be hit all night. Well, sure, sure. And that's what it must feel like to play the Jazz. Derek Favors is not pleasant to play against. Jonas Jarebko is not pleasant to play against. Jay Crowder is certainly not. Royce O'Neal is not. So you got that. There's not anybody on the floor now. Detroit has a terrible bench. And the Jazz took advantage of that. But, okay, so then the Jazz make some substitutions and Ingles comes in. I, I don't really, this is, I was talking about, you know, this is the unit that ha- was on the floor, which was Donovan, Royce, Jay, Jarebko, and, and Faves. Okay, now the guys coming, the guys who aren't in the game right now, when that lineup is out there, is Rudy, Joe Ingles, and Ricky Rubio. Right? Well, you know, and Epe Udo's is still on the bed. Like, you don't want to face any of these guys. There is nothing pleasant about playing this team at all right now. This this defensive run they're on is incredible, and it's I, I think it's pretty at some point it's a quarter of the season that the Jazz have been doing this. It's against some of the best teams in the league. Eighteen of the last twenty one games, that's a quarter of the season. The Jazz have held opponents below 101 on the defensive rating. In 30 of Gobert's 42 games he's played this year, the Jazz have held teams below 101 in the defensive rating. The Jazz are 27, I guess Gobert, yeah, 27 and 42 now, or 27 and 15 now when Rudy Gobert plays. 27 and 15. But the other guys deserve a lot of credit for this as well because Rudy is the foundation of it all, but it's not pleasant to play this team. All right, I actually have to do some business here. We have lots of business to be do- doing. I think you've probably noticed. Sorry. There is a demand. We will fulfill the demand. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by the store over at 6200 South and 20th East. My good friends over the store. In fact, I was just texting uh, with Jeff. Jeff was just telling me that Scott will be cooking outside the store on the big Traeger this week. Corned beef, brisket, and trout tips. Oh, he sent me a picture of the corned beef coming up. St. Patty's Day, get your corned beef over at the store. June pies are there as well. The store is at 6200 South, 20th East. Truly one of my favorite places to go just because it's a grocery store that has such a local feel. They search around and try to find all the best things, whether it's Jacobson Salts or Great Meats, and then all the local companies. You can go grab your Rich's Bagels there. The Mudslide Cookies. We're making them make Mudslide Cookies every single day. Mudslides every day. Kids across the country 
are protesting today with their heartfelt, worthwhile protests. And I am requesting mudslide cookies every day. That's who I... Mudslide cookies. Mudslide cookies. Try the dark chocolate mudslide cookies. All at 62 and south, 20 of these. Also, speaking of the Traegers, next door is the Cottonwood Ace, and they have the best Traeger display out there. It's almost barbecue time. A little rain coming this weekend, but you can feel it coming. And Scott will be barbecuing uh, this weekend out at the store. So make sure that you... Uh, oh, sorry. Not tr- I just got a text, he, and he's not listening live because it's impossible. Not trout tips. Try tips. It was a... Uh, autocorrect mistake. That's really, really funny. He will not be doing trout tips. He'll be doing tri-tips. I thought that was weird, but I figured it was something cool. So corned beef brisket and and tri-tips at the store, 6 turn south and 20th east. Today's show also brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Fun stuff going on at Murdoch Chevy right now with the incredible Chevy lineup of trucks. Tyson's got out there. Super fun crew Tyson has built there. I had a good time talking with Tyson when I was out there uh, last time. They're out in Woods Cross. Chevy's been with Murdoch for 91 years, and Chevy is just down-home core of what Utah is, Americana, frankly, uh, but also just you know exactly what you're getting. They're winning every award imaginable right now. Chevy's making great products. They have the best truck lineup out there. Super deals going on on the Silverado or the Colorado. I drove the Silverado for a while. That is a awesome truck with, frankly, it's a <clears throat> like incredible luxury vehicle. Uh, it was such a nice, amazing ride there. Also, great deals on the Cruise, the Equinox, the SUV lineup is great. The Traverse now has three seat li- uh, rows of seats as well. So check it all out. It's out in Woods Cross, Murdoch Chevy. Say hi to Tyson there. And, and I think it'd be really fun. Like, go up to Tyson's, give him a little pound. He's a big, big man. Just give him a little pound on the side of the arm. I think this will be a fun thing we'll just start doing with him all the time. It is Murdoch Chevy. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Uh, This show is getting really long. I'm just too fired up. and t- It's just crazy. <laughs> Come on. You're with me, aren't you? I need some, I'm going to need some. I'm, I'm going to be a little nervous about this show after I post it. I'm still an insecure human being at 47 years old. I'm going to need a few tweets from you saying I'm with you. I'm, I, I, I'm just going to need to know that you're listening to this and bouncing off the walls and as geeky hyper as I am. And you can also thank um, you can also thank Scott. Rogers, who's our great graphics guy, because he got me a really new coffee that was awesome. So that might have something to do with this. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? All right. Uh, let's talk a little Jay Crowder. Um, 
Jay Crowder is having a pretty big, significant impact on this basketball team right now. Um, frankly, I don't want to say this negatively, but Rodney Hood and, Dar- and Joe Johnson weren't very good defensively, and they were terrible plus-minus players, so that's having a big impact, too. Here, the defensive rating of the Jazz in the last 14 games since the trade deadline is a 94.1. With Jay Crowder on the floor, it's a 91.8. Now, with Rudy Gobert on the floor, it's a 92. So even with Gobert off the floor, it's a 99.9, which would be best in the NBA. Teams are shooting unnaturally poorly from three right now with Gobert on the bench at 26.5%. So we'll talk to Pelton about that. But as I said earlier about Rudy, teams only shoot 25% of their shots in the restricted area when he's, in the, when he's on the floor. Usually it's 32%. So let me say that again. 25% of shots in the restricted area when Rudy's on the floor, it's usually 32%. 3.8% of shots are corner threes, it's usually 7%. So teams are taking about 6% less shots in the restricted area and half as many corner threes as the rest of the league. It's incredible. Uh, teams are only shooting 27% from three when Jay Crowder's on the floor also. So that number will go up. But the Jazz defensive rating when Crowder's on the floor is a 91.8. Their offensive rating is a 106.1. They are plus 14.3 when Jay Crowder is on the floor. Jay Crowder is not entirely, but somewhat, frankly, taking the minutes of Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson. Pretty close, actually. He's playing some three, which would really kind of take those minutes as Royce O'Neal slides into the two. Royce is taking some of them, and Rodney wasn't playing all the time. So, um, But... Go look at the plus minus. He's, he's definitely taking all of the Joe Johnson minutes. Look at the plus minus stuff that's going on here. So Joe Johnson had his value, but he was not a good defensive player anymore. I mean, he's 30-whatever years old. Um, great dude, positive influence, super guy to have on the team. Awesome commitment to excellence every day. I'm not – but, like, he's 30, right? Like, we talked about this a lot. There were only – 20 guys in the history of the NBA have ever played more minutes. At some point, like, that has an impact on you. And so when the defensive rating, when Joe Johnson was on the floor, was a 106.8. When Jay Crowder's on the floor, and he's taking his minutes. Those are his minutes. It's a 91.8. 106.8 to a 91.8. Okay, our worst defensive... Rating guy all year long is Rodney Hood. Like 107.2. Royce O'Neal's taking those minutes. He's a 97. 10 points better. Again, I'm I'm not trying to be low class and hit guys after, after they've gone out the door, but these are facts. So, plus minus for the Jazz. This is, I think, I love this. Plus minus for the Jazz. Joe Johnson was on the floor. The Jazz were minus eight this year. When Rodney Hood was on the floor, they were minus three. Everybody else on the roster is positive. More importantly to me, everybody else on the roster is positive when they're on the bench. Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert are close. But everybody else on the team is positive when they're on the bench. So, no, Quinn Snyder has done a masterful job. A little bit of that adjustment we talked about with Ingles and Favors of using guys in positions and spots in which 
they are all positive. Also, the roster's deep enough that if someone's playing like, you know what, he can make a change. So that's, that's, that's a huge deal to who this team is. And part of this run that they're on included Joe Johnson and Rodney Hood, but the, part, the 14 games since the trade do not. And the 14 games since the trade, the defensive rating is a 94.1. And, and uh, Jay Crowd is better player than both those guys. Like, honestly, I know the rest of the league thinks otherwise. Jay Crowder cannot score like Rodney Hood can in a bunch on the occasion that it happens. He's a better basketball player. I I, I believed that before the trade. I'm not saying that now. So we're better. The last 14 games since the trade deadline, some of the number, I mean, I, uh, guys, I'm, I'm giddy today. You, I'm usually the one who's trying to temper enthusiasm. I got it. But maybe what, what's crazy to me right now is you start running a bunch of these models or just running some of these, not models, that sounds so sophisticated. I'm going into spreadsheets and just putting in numbers. It's not a model. Sounds awesome, though. I mean, just let's run to the, let's, okay, so the Jazz make the trades. They don't. On February 8th, do we count the Charlotte game? Or do we just start, let's just start February 11th. Daughter's birthday in Portland. Since Feb, since the trades, we now have 14 game sample size. Or or if we don't count the Charlotte game, the Jazz are 11-2. and two, Toronto's 12-1. and one, Houston's 12-1. and one, Toronto's, or Portland's 10-1. and one, We gave them, or Portland's 10-1. and one, We gave them the one. The Pelicans are 10-2. and two, We gave them the two. By the way, the Clippers are 9-3 and three in that span. I'll talk about the Clippers in a minute. But he, here's some of the notes on that. All right, so since the trades, the Jazz defense is a 93.8 overall because it's 13 games. And the next best in the league is Indiana at 100.3. Not even close. The Jazz net differential in that time period is a 10.6 of the fourth best team in the NBA behind the Rockets, Raptors, Warriors, and the Jazz. Portland's at 8.1. Might be true. It might just be true. Few things that I love we're doing right now. We're getting 25% of our offensive rebounds. So is Philadelphia, which I think is noticeable. Um, so is Indiana. Teams that are surprising. We're getting 83% of our defensive rebounds. We're crushing people on the glass. We're still turning it over a lot, but I've always told you that doesn't matter. And we've slowed down our pace, which I love. That's, I know everybody else is everywhere else. We're back to 28th in pace. It, Houston, by the way, in the same period is the fourth lowest in pace. Toronto, by the way, who's also red hot, is the sixth lowest in pace. I, I just can't help but always look at the numbers that tell me that there's a direct correlation between playing slower and winning. I think it might be because teams that are bad play fast and to cover up the fact that they're bad. All right, I want to talk favors, Gobert, and I want to run around uh, the rest of the NBA as well. Uh, We have a new sponsor on the program called Optimal Norms. It's pretty interesting. It's mental performance consultant. Let me ask you, how much do you think the game is mental? 
what percentage do you think mental impacts performance? So let me ask you this. If you have a kid who's an athlete, how many hours are they spending practicing their mental? Right? So if you've got a baseball player and most of the game's hitting, they're spending 50% of their time in the batting cage and 20% of their time fielding and 20% of their time in their weight room, are they spending any time on their mental game? More and more professionals are using it to get an edge. You're, you can as well with your athletes. Call Optimal Norms at 801-722-8180. That's 801-722-8180. Or visit OptimalNorms.com. Mention Locked on Jazz and you'll get one free session when you purchase five or more. Physically train your brain the same way you're building muscle in the weight room. If your competitor is going into the weight room to work out, you follow them into the weight room and you make sure you're there a second longer. Do the same with mental performance consulting from Optimal Norms, 801-722-8180. That's 801-722-8180 or visit OptimalNorms.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right. This is probably for a better, longer discussion tomorrow. Actually, why don't we wait and do this tomorrow? And I'll build a really good, detailed, long report. The favors go bear things. Really interesting. Because I thought we kind of all had come to this understand that maybe it wasn't working. And now all of a sudden, Quinn's playing at 22, 20, 22, 18, 16, 18. Last night was 16 minutes a night. Last night, the Jazz outscored them 39-29 when they are on the floor. They outscored the Pelicans 40-30 to when they are on the floor. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's look, let's look at it tomorrow. This, is get, this show's getting long. I don't want to take too much time. Let's look at what's going on around the NBA instead. Let's look at the playoff stuff. And I'll do favors. Go Bear tomorrow. We'll talk Exum tomorrow. Um... And what to expect there. All right, so last night, here's your rundown. Minnesota had a 43% chance to win, and they won in Washington. That's a huge, huge win. Back-to-back pick'em wins for Minnesota. I, I projected Minnesota to get 50. I think they're going to come close. I think they may end up being the three seed. They could be tough in the playoffs if Jimmy Butler comes back. Minnesota, the rest of the way, only plays four games with less than a 60% win probability. The uh, back to February twenty second when we did this, they play nine games with a sixty or better. So Minnesota can relax. In fact, they play the Spurs coming up in three after three more days off. They've played more games than anyone, and they are only playing three games in fifteen days. So they really are fresh, and then they just have a really really soft close. So Minnesota, I think, is fine. 
San Antonio got a much-needed win. San Antonio plays a six-game homestand here. Orlando, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, Washington, Utah. Six-game homestand. They've got to win five of them. They probably will because nobody seems to be losing. Oklahoma rolled again last night. They're fine. This is actually what's being happen is I think a bunch of teams are in now. I think Minnesota's in. I think Oklahoma City's in. They just haven't blinked. They're not very good, and they're not playing very well. But they are now 7-0 and in their last games where they're playing a team with a 60% when they have a 60% win probability or more. They have another one coming up against the Clippers, which would be an interesting game because just the uh, Clippers play the night before in Houston, though, so they have them on a back-to-back. They're just physically talented enough, just athletically, and they have a pretty easy run here. They're, so they're 7-0 and in those games. They have five more games left that are uh, 60% or below. They have five pick'em games left, and they have three games la- or two games left where they're below 40%. So Minnesota and Oklahoma City, to me, seem pretty set. Now, that's really what I had to start. I had both of them at as pretty well set. Portland's the other one. I mean, they've won all these in a row. They seem pretty well set, too. Uh, they haven't done anything too remarkable yet. They're 5-0 and in their games that were 60-80 to win probability. That's really what they've done. They have 11 of those games overall. They're 1-0 and in their games. They're pick-ups. They have six games left, though, still, that are 40% or below on the win probability. Uh, but Terry Stotts has got them to click in, and they have – Eight games left that are 60 or more. So I think Portland's pretty well set, which really means we're beginning to kind of narrow this down a little bit into a San Antonio, Denver, New Orleans, Clippers, Utah. What's crazy is for all the lunacy I've given you already today, I don't know that we're getting in. I still don't know we're getting in. Our wiggle room is still zero. Denver's loss last night is bad for them. More disconcerting for Denver is that since we started this, they lost to Houston, which was a pick'em. They lost to Dallas, which was a pick'em. They lost to the Cavaliers, which was a should win. And they lost to the Lakers, which was a pick'em. They have Detroit coming up, then Memphis, Miami, Chicago. They got four games that they should win and get this thing back on track before their schedule gets brutal there for a little while and then softens up. And then plays a lot of playoff teams. They play five of their final seven games, Denver does, Against playoff teams. Thunder, Timberwolves, Clippers, Trailblazers, Wolves. Portland, by the way, closes with a bunch of playoff teams as well. They close with, uh, or of this group, they close with six of their final ten, including us on the closing night of the year. New Orleans got a much-needed win last night. They now play a, a stretch where they, they're going to just be, the fatigue is going to be an issue for them. They play... Spurs on the 15th, 17th and 18th, they play back-to-back day off, and they play three straight. Clippers have a huge stretch coming up here where, frankly, they're expected to lose four of their next five. And if they don't, then they're really very legitimately in this thing. The Clippers are projected to lose four of their next five and still come out of this thing with 47 wins. Because they then flip, then they flip the switch into some better games. But they could lose their confidence. But they close with a pretty. They're favored for most of the way down the stretch. We'll see how it plays out. So far, 
our model on Locked on Jazz has been that teams will outperform their expected value. And so the models of 538 and some of those are too forward thinking for the Jazz because the Jazz have obvious wins and these other teams are going to win games that they're not as likely to win. And so that's why I think it's tougher than the models show. So far, that's true. In games that are 80 to 100% win probability, the playoff teams 3 through 10 are 14 and 0. In win prob- games that are 60 to 80, they're 18 and 7. In pick 'em games, they're 8 and 6. In an unlikely wins, which should be 20 to 40, they're 6 and 7. So teams are definitely outperforming, and I still think 47. It, nothing's changed on that. Someone, someone's got to fall off. Denver, maybe that team falling off. It's still going to be 47, though. Then Denver's just 10. Then the tie is between the Clippers, the Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Spurs. And that makes that Clipper game pretty mammoth coming up. Pelicans were 3-1. and one, Spurs will be 3-1. and one. We would win that tiebreaker. Ties, multiple team tiebreakers are good for us. All right, I could go forever, but we will wrap this up. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.